Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick here with co-host Frazier Tuvar for this week's Know Your Foe. Uh, prior to the Bengals game this Sunday, and uh, Frazier, a, a, a difficult week one to watch, particularly in terms of the injuries. Uh, good result, but a whole lot of self-inflicted wounds. Yeah, I think uh, it was a tough game overall. I think it almost felt like a loss with some of the injuries we had, but it's good to get a win in the NFL. It's not easy to come by, but there's a lot of things that we do need to work on moving forward. All right. Well, would you like to talk defense or offense first? We usually keep one key point on each, but where'd you like to start? Uh, let's start defense this week. All right. Great. Now we, we talked a little bit in our, our, our preview for the show, our production meeting, if you will, that the Bengals went to a lot of wide offense. And when I say that, a lot of throwing the ball wide, trying to spread the field horizontally rather than go after the Ravens vertically in last year's games. I think that's really true in all three that we saw Burrow throwing a lot of outside passes, wide receiver screens and whatnot uh, to try and take advantage of what the Ravens were showing in terms of cover two. Yeah, and it's going to probably be the same case this week. Uh, I don't see Mike McDonald playing too much aggressive. Uh, if it if they broke, don't fix it. I think if we did have a healthy Lamar Jackson going into a wild card game, I think it could have been a different story. Defense played well enough to win a playoff game. But coming up this week, I think it's going to be a tough task for the DBs to try to take over the game. So I think this is a game where we're going to have to leverage the pass rush like we did last week. And I know Mike McDonald said he wants to marry the rush and the coverage, and it's going to be crucial this week that that happens. Yeah, they did a lot of good second-man pressures, in particular this last week. Jadavian Clowney set up a lot of pressure for this team. Adafi Owe closed a lot, despite the fact he didn't win a whole lot at the versus the left tackle directly, and he was up against a good one in Laramie Tunsil. Um, they did finish a lot with uh, with quarterback hits this last week. Uh, Clowney, he, he had five rushes in his five pressures, I should say, in this game a pressure of his own, a quarterback hit of his own, where he was first man there, but another pressure where he set up always QH, a pressure where he set up Ardarius Washington's sack, and a pressure where he set up the sack fumble minus nine by Jabo. So, really, an underrated, outstanding game from Clowney, who uh, looks like he still has a little something in the tank. Yeah, Clowney surprised me. I know. Earlier in the preseason, I wasn't really a fan of his signing, but it has came to fruition this in week one. I think uh, he brings the presence and that manpower that we're kind of lacking with Ojabo, them being so young. But Clowney's such a vet. He knows what he's doing. It, it's, it's evident on the field. I know he missed a handful of sacks on Stroud. Um, I think some of the reasons we were able to get to him is 
him being a rookie and just holding on to the ball too long. I think when we go against some of these more veteran season quarterbacks, they're going to be able to just throw the ball away and not eat the sack like Stroud did. But nonetheless, I think we were getting pressure consistently. And with Cincinnati's deficiency on the O-line, I think that's something else. That's another reason that we should be able to leverage the D-line. On uh, on Sunday against Stroud, 21 of 48 passes. He also had a spike in there. I'm not counting, but 21 of 48 passes. There was a pressure within three seconds. Mm-hmm. And on those plays, he threw for a net of zero yards. 50 yards passing, but 50 yards also in sacks. So that's pretty pretty freaking great when you can get that done. That's sweet. I do have a feeling that against Burrow this week, things might be different than they were last year. The reason is that, um, well, I think he's he's somewhat timid about what his own offensive line situation is after the after the shelling he took from Miles Garrett and Zedaria Smith this last week. I think that there's a possibility that they know how weak the Ravens' corners are, and they're going to want to go down the sideline to those guys. Now, that can be dangerous in cover two, but it's also a place where it, of their greatest strength with, with Chase and Higgins there. Yes, and I think the main routes that were – affecting us last week was the stop routes on the outside just really careful about not trying to give up the over top routes and that's probably something that cincinnati's going to attack uh over the middle in between roquan and pq there was a couple times where they found an area in their zone and they ate but it's going to be crucial to make sure that they don't beat us over top. And if we have to die by a thousand paper cuts, I'd rather do it that way than Chase going for 80 on one play. I think that would probably be a better way to go about it. Yeah. I, I mean, I would agree that if you're going to, if you're going to take your chance, you probably take your chance there. There comes a point in a football game where you can't do that anymore. And and mm-hmm. particularly when Burroughs has four down football. So I'm not talking about, Oh boy, you know, it won't work or it will only work up this point. It, it doesn't really work against four down football specifically is, is where it has a problem. It also, if you put your pass rush on the field for a large number of snaps, as often happens right before the half and right at the end of the game, um, that's a that's a real risk of tiring, and the Bengals will push for that. They will push to keep those same defenders on the field and see if they can keep the the pace up and uh, and keep it moving. Yeah, and our speed has to show up this game, especially on the rush. I think it's going to be crucial because I mean, we all know about Cincinnati's outside players. I think uh, we shouldn't sleep on their run game either. But the de- the defense have shown that they can handle the run going against Damian Pierce, one of the best running backs in the league. And he was shut down. What was it? 11 carries for 38. Yeah. They, they had a long run of seven for the running backs and zero first downs in that first game. Yeah. Very minimal in the running game. Yeah. Uh, so certainly looking forward to that. And I, I, I hope you're right about that, that they, they can. I actually think our Darius Washington and to a lesser extent, Ronald Darby are excellent run support players. So they really have some, some values, but we all know Hamilton can tackle as well. So it's not like a question of that. If he's in cover two, he may have less of an impact, but he'll still have some. Uh, it's funny because uh, when Darby made that first big tackle on third down, I was mm-hmm. looking around trying to see. I couldn't know who 28 was. So it was funny to be in that situation, but it was nice to see that play. I think that's uh, typical Ravens football you expect from a corner, just coming up, making an aggressive tackle. It made me excited. I think that was – that's the type of play we haven't seen on the outside in a long time. 
it's it is very exciting. I think it's kind of typical what, from what you get from Ravens corner. We see Marcus Peters make a bunch of big tackles in there, even though we don't think of him as a big tackler, certainly. And and Marlon Humphrey, of course. If you go back to two thousand, and so I've I've looked at all the defense through every play in history in their team history. And one of the things that really was true of 2000 is that the, Ra- the Ravens corners were clearly under orders not to get involved in run plays. They said, you know, make the front seven or maybe the front, the, you know, the other nine make those tackles, but we don't want you involved. You're too important to this team. So McAllister, although he was a big physical guy and could certainly get involved in run defense, didn't do it. And, and Dwayne Starks, who wasn't a big physical guy, uh, really didn't get involved in run defense either. And those guys were very key in the postseason run. Yeah, I feel like that 2000 team was the front seven was pretty much the heart and soul of the team. You had Ray Lewis at linebacker and you had Sarah Gusa, you had Peter Boware. You had a lot of people just up front be able to dominate and you don't have to worry about getting support from the DBs because yeah. it's just they're going to take care of it. Yeah, But yeah, I think that's something we should try and strive for uh, since we're so short handed at cornerback this year. That's something that we that we should probably take into consideration, but it's not going to be possible. If they're going to not be able to run in the heart of our defense, they're going to continue to try and attack the outside. So it's almost going to be inevitable that they have to do that. Okay. Some good notions then about, about offensively where, or sorry, defensively where the Ravens might try and uh, shut them down. Let's talk about offense a little bit. And obviously the Ravens made a number of mistakes in this first game. I've been all over them about the ball security issues. They were out snapped 72 58 in this game. I thought a lot of that was on the offense in terms of two major issues. One is ball security being a terrible issue, but the other is that they couldn't get anything going with the running game when the Texans knew the run was coming. And so for the last 20 minutes of the game, they only got three total first downs, but because they were trying to run the ball a little bit more, uh, they also got zero running first downs, which the defensive losses or sorry, the defensive wins on the early downs were creating situations where they're behind the chains in terms of down and distance for their for their pass plays. Uh, what do you think of the keys for, for this week for the Ravens, the key matchup? I think the key matchup is going to be the offensive line and can they handle this front four of the Cincinnati Bengals with Hendrickson and Hubbard and Reader, it's going to be crucial with Ronnie Stanley out and Linderbaum out, two of our top linemen. Uh, we're going to see how Mustafa fares. And I know John Simpson didn't practice today, so there's going to be a big blow coming into the game because we really don't have a left guard because that was McCary essentially. But I don't know. It's going to be a big matchup for the Ravens and how can they protect Lamar Jackson? Cause Sunday was subpar to say the least in pass pro, um, especially in the first half, Lamar didn't seem to be able to get any time to really deliver the ball or even look at his reads. So it's going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough game in that sense because continuity is going to be an issue. Uh, we got to figure out what we're going to do at left guard. I think that's the main thing right now. It's a very tough day for ample time and space for Lamar. I believe it was seven of 26. No, I might be wrong. Maybe five of 26 because it was 18% anyway. So not a good day. No one on the offensive line uh, scored particularly well. Nobody had an A game, but 
Um, on that offensive line, Linderbaum was probably the best, and he won't be available, of course. Stanley was having a really poor game before he got he got sent out. So uh, that's an issue. Neither guard played exceptionally well. I have not yet heard what the John Simpson situation is here. We're still waiting for uh, that perhaps to be disclosed to us in terms of uh, what's going on. And we'll see the injury report later today. So it may have been a case where it was a personal day away from practice, but uh, um, that uh, would certainly be a very unfortunate addition because uh, he's played pretty well. He was okay in this first game, but really good in the, in the preseason and certainly someone we hope the Ravens uh, have as a, as a continuous piece of that offensive line. Yeah, it was a, uh... It was disappointing last week. It felt like the Ravens' offensive line came out sleepwalking. Uh, it just they weren't firing off the ball. I'm hoping they they really take it personal this week, especially with the division opponent going to their house. I think it's going to be crucial that our offensive line steps up and essentially puts their team on the back because without them, the play can't start. So if they're not firing off the ball, we just can't we can't do anything and. What? Go ahead. I, I was just going to say there, there, there are two things we've seen from this Bengals line over the years, and it honestly hasn't changed that much with the personnel or even with the defensive coordinator. But they've played a four-three front mm-hmm. for a lot of the time that the Ravens and Bengals have been playing, and they've had usually a pass rusher uh, on each side that was fairly dangerous. Now Hubbard is not a great pass rusher, but he can certainly cause problems and compress the pocket and whatnot. Hendrickson has been a complete pain in the ass for the Ravens these last few years. And uh, it doesn't matter who's been out there against him. Villanueva had no success against him, but also Ronnie Stanley's had difficulty. And uh, it's really at a time where uh, the Bengals rush for a lot. They don't blitz very often. And the, the time when they when they blitz is usually when they sense the pocket is going to be broken. So it's 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 that's not even a blitz, by the way, when that happens. That they rush a linebacker um, when Lamar is about to or leaves the pocket. They're very good about sensing that and having a fast linebacker they send in on those uh, those pass rushes. Akeem Davis Davis Gaither is a guy who's been a pain, um, very much like JOK has been a pain at Cleveland in terms of an op- opponent who has that quickness necessary uh, to deal with Jackson's quickness once the once the pocket it appears to be broken. And both those teams have been exceptionally good at figuring out when the pocket's going to be broken as the play is developing, as opposed to waiting for it to be broken and then rush the passer. And that's normally the assignment of that um, zone defender who's on in the middle of the field, but on the same side, uh, if you're, if you, you know, typically dividing the, the underneath zone coverage into four quarter uh, elements that, that on the, it's the, it's the inside defender on the same side that is immediately responsible to rush the quarterback in those situations. And those two teams, for whatever reasons, have just figured out more about how to deal with Jackson by, by making sure that if Jackson boots or Jackson rolls, Jackson leaves a clean pocket, Whatever it might be, they're off and after him uh, very quickly. Just a quick point about the the boots. Uh, this game, we saw a handful of attempted boot play actions, and it's almost like you can save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get sixteen ounce packs of flavorful Angus ninety percent lean ground sirloin for four ninety nine each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on twelve packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When they're under center, they're not going to run the ball. And I think that that eliminates the effectiveness of the play action because they just do not run the ball under center. And it just, you're not fooling anybody. So I think that puts the offensive line at a disadvantage because they're, the team already knows where they're going and there's not going to be able to be anyone that could either reach or seal that end. That's going to be screaming at Lamar. And I know he's an athlete, but you just can't, you can't expect him to make everybody miss at all times, especially when he's trying to read the field. So I think that's definitely essential. I I don't, I don't disagree at all. I think the, the effectiveness of the boot comes way down with Lamar Jackson because that edge defender is always so keyed in on what he's doing. And he, he doesn't. He never buys that there's going to be a handoff. It's just that's his job to do. He's, he has a limited chance to be involved in the play. But one thing the boot does, I don't talk about this too often, but it's really worth discussing. The boot, when it's run in the typical way, which is zone block left, naked boot right. Okay, so the line is zone blocking the left. You're setting up what looks like a zone uh, play, play to, to, the left. To, to that left side, exactly. And the quarterback instead rolls out to the right. Why the right? Because right-handed quarterbacks do a lot better rolling to that side. Now, it's a little more disguised when it's to the left, but it still is it, it's fairly good. But what it does is it takes your offensive line out of the game. They're all essentially um, conducting a fake. And, in fact, when I score offensive line play, they've all you know been run out of the play. And when you have a zone block play, it's almost always and with, a, with a naked boot. You, you just give everybody a one on that play because they can't make a block. That, that doesn't do that. So if they do their job to sell the fake, you know, just from a scoring perspective, I, I don't do that, but I don't uh, uh, downgrade them at all. But in the, in the case of the, um, uh, the play, they're completely out of it. I mean, they're, they're, they're no longer part of the play. Your quarterback is, is out living on his own wits um, in, in open space. And unfortunately uh, the way that zone defense works and the way that the, the defense is always looking, it's not just that edge defender who has a chance it's you you're you're telegraphing what you're doing to the zone defenders on that side of the field most importantly and they have a chance to cover up level one level two and level three routes so zone plays when they're run um, they create three opportunities to throw that are read from deep to shallow so the ideal situation is that the deepest route is the one you go for first. In the Joe Flacco era, that was always Torrey Smith running down that right sideline as fast yep. as he could. With McNair, it was Mason doing it again, and then you know it's been other other players um, in in other times. Uh, but uh, but then there's an intermediate crossing route. Typically, it comes from the other side of the field, thus the crossing field, but but crosses to the right side of the field on a normal boot play, and that's the second biggest opportunity for a chunk play. It's usually about 15 yards. And it's a real good opportunity. Mark Andrews has run a lot of those. And uh, and that's a good opportunity, too. But then the third choice is that level zero guy who's often the tight end who chipped on your defensive end and then is running Fair a route. Out. Yeah. Yep. And and it's it's just then if, if that's the guy the ball always goes to, the boot has failed. So yep. really talk about the number of times you've got the deep or the intermediate opportunity for the boot and really look at that. And then that's telling you the boot's succeeding in that particular particular day and i think the most advantageous 
form of play action that we run is in pistol when Lamar's doing turnaround yeah. to the field and doing a deep drop instead of a rollout. I think those are probably more what is down our alley because it gives Andrews the ability to go on his over route across the field, shallow crossers, and then now that we have Zay, we can move him how we need to move him. But it's 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 tough in the sense of we want to see Lamar throw the ball downfield, but it's essential that we have the upfront pass pro to marry the pass game. Just like McDonald said about the rush and the the pass coverage, we have to do the same thing on the on offensive side. It's it's not possible for us to do what we want to do and go where we want to go unless we have the offensive line play at least at least average. Because I think last Sunday was a subpar effort from the line. Right. It was it was a subpar effort. I would agree. Um, and I, I, I'm going to say one more thing about that. In the, the 2019 Roman offense was run almost exclusively out of pistol. Mm-hmm. And about 45, 46% of their total snaps were out of pistol. And they didn't even have Lamar turn, turn his back very often. And I, I do have a theory about that. I don't think Lamar is great at reacquiring the field and making decisions quickly on that. So I, I, I think there are reasons why you might not do that. But even in pistol, they could hand check that. Uh, they didn't go all the way into the mesh very often at all. People think they did. They did. They really didn't do very much in, in terms of, of of all the way in the mesh, then pull it out to throw. They did about three times the whole season, twice in week one. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, but it is a case where uh, I think you're right. If you're going to run play action with pistol, it disguises it a little better to the defense because I think the boot it just it just gives it away too quickly by the quarterback's movement. What's going on? And uh, I, I I you know. This is a really interesting discussion that's worth a show of its own, but I but I think that if, if the Ravens would do less of the zone block boots, I would be happier with that. You know, if you want to have him leave the pocket after a turn your back play action where the offense is, where the offensive line is blocking straight ahead, sure, yeah. I got no problem, left or right. I, I don't have any problem. I trust Lamar Jackson to go left on those on those kind of boots. One hundred percent, yeah. And yeah. Lamar's good going to his left, unlike yeah. most quarterbacks. He's he's lethal going to the left. I think the main thing on those zone boots is at least at least getting the edge to get sealed like we did against uh the seahawks back in 2019 on that deep pass to miles uh yeah miles boykin we had i think it was patrick ricard seal the end or nick boyle seal the end and lamar was able to get outside and throw the deep ball but things like that is what we need to look for in this offense um i know last week i mentioned we were going to see a lot of screens in this game on sunday I didn't expect it to be as many screens as we saw. I think uh, Todd Munkin has definitely brought the college game into the NFL for the Ravens offense. I'm not too sure how I feel about the screen game because we haven't really ran it too effectively. I think we may have had three successful screens to Zay, but that was about it. Um, Definitely a couple very unsuccessful screens to Zay at the end of the game when when they're trying to run up the clock. It is a good way to get out from under intense pressure and cover zero that the other team is throwing at you. But the best way to do it is just to have Lamar start to learn how to read hot. And that's something, honestly, he still really has not mastered. You know, the, the old quarterbacks and, and the young good ones like Mahomes, obviously, but but like Roethlisberger, who, you know, at the end of his career, wasn't the greatest passer anymore, but was still a guy 
who could hit the hot read very, very uh, regularly. Manning, another great uh, yeah. uh, you know example of a guy who uh, wasn't the greatest quarterback at the end, didn't have the great arm strength, but but he knew how to read hot. Breeze, one of those guys too. Yeah, there you go. But um, Accur- I- accuracy helps a lot, doesn't it? All right. So I just, sorry, I had a quick thought about the running back room and there were some holes that opened up on Sunday. Uh, Gus Edwards did have a one really good run. I think the design of the run schematically looked really good having two guys pull Ricard seal and then our center and our left tackle going to the second level. I think that was a really good play. If we can get more of those, confusing actions to freeze the linebackers. I think that's going to get some pressure off of Lamar to, you know, force the ball downfield or having to go to those quick screens because we're not able to get the yardage we need in the run game. I think that's what the product of the screens was, was just not be able to get anything on the ground, especially in the beginning of the game. So that's, that's what I'm looking for to take place of the screens, even though they can be ran successful, they just need to be sprinkled in, not a mainstay of the offense. So that is a way to boot. I mean, you can obviously it is possible, and you're putting your lineman at some disadvantage by usually leaving somebody like the center with a reach block. If you if you um, pull your left guard to the right to support the notion that it's a run play and not a pass play, and then you give a, you give your blockers a lot flatter angles, starting from the inside with the flattest at center. Um, to have to go back there and take care of potential rush threats from there. And if they're not trying anything special, then you probably are okay in, in terms of, of trying to get that stopped up. If you think about back to the Lamar coming back from the bathroom play a couple of years ago now against, against uh, Cleveland, run very similarly to this in terms of the pocket really reset itself to the right of its normal yeah. position. Lamar was able to roll right normally. They actually had a defensive end dropped into coverage. They really helped the Ravens out on that play. And then, uh, uh, of course, Hollywood's wide open for the score. Yeah, I think uh, another interesting thing I'd like, I'd, like to see, I'd like to see from the team on Sunday is Todd Munkin continues to go fast after big plays, after momentum is momentum changing plays. He continues to go fast, and I like that. But it seems like Lamar can't operate under that kind of speed as of right now. Not saying he can't do it moving forward, but an example is when Odell got that first down in our own territory. He had that out to the left. He caught it. And next play, Lamar fumbles the snap and Justin kicks it and we give up the ball. I think we have to get a hold of that tempo because it's effective. I mean, a lot of college teams do it. NFL teams do it. After a big play, they just hurry up to the line, run the next play. Mm-hmm. I think that can help the offensive line as well because it's just uh, the surprise factor of just going back to back to back on plays it can give the offensive line advantage as well. It's also, it tires the hell out of the defense to have to rush the passer immediately so quickly. Mm -hmm. And people do often ask the question is, why does the offensive line get tired the same way? Well, because pass rushing requires you to get around an opponent who can be fairly passive about how he blocks you. 
Now, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about tactically passive. He's got to be aggressive in terms of punching at you and whatnot. But it's a hell of a lot harder to be trying to throw a guy out of the way so you can get to the quarterback than it is to trying to interpose yourself uh, between that defender and the quarterback. So uh, you'll hear defenders talk about this all the time, just how tiring it is. And that's why offensive linemen play every play, but defensive linemen get rotated regularly out of the game. So they yeah, can't play a lot difference. of consecutive snaps. Yeah. Difference of the effort level. I mean, defensive linemen, they're going 100 miles an hour every play. So it's definitely definitely a difference. All right. Outstanding look ahead, I think, uh, uh, Frazier. Uh, anything special you're looking for? A big ma- a player who's a big matchup advantage for the Ravens or one maybe who's a one they really have to watch for Cincinnati? Either way, I'll do the other. Uh, I think the player I want to watch is Odell. I think he had some very strong plays. Uh, he had the two big defensive penalties that they, he drew on those deep balls, and then the two receptions for the first downs. I think the main thing I'm looking for out of Odell is when he makes a play, can there not be a negative play right after? Uh, you had the Lamar fumble right after the first first down, and then the second first down. Unfortunately, Linnebaum goes down the next play. So it's just things like that that, you know, we want to see him continue to build his confidence under this team, under the new season. I know it was a big step on Sunday, but looking for that next step from him on coming up next week. Okay, fair enough. I'll, I'll talk about the Bengals for a moment. I think the guy they really need to neutralize is Trey Hendrickson on the outside. Mm-hmm. You cannot let the Bengals get into a easy four-man pass rush where they are getting pressure with four, dropping seven, and then all of a sudden it's an unbelievable task to try and throw into the teeth of that monster uh, when you do that. The Bengals have a lot of weakness in the secondary, by the way. They don't have Jesse Bates anymore. They're not the same team, but uh, and, and the Ravens should go after them there, but with seven players and you know the risk of the ball getting tipped and all seven looking at the quarterback on an awful lot of plays, uh, it's not an easy firing solution for Lamar. Uh, on a play-by-play basis. All right. Outstanding. Frazier, always a pleasure to do these shows with you. Uh, Tell folks where they can talk football with you online. You guys can reach me at Twitter slash X at F underscore R-A-V-E-8. That's F underscore Rave 8. All right. Outstanding. Recently met Frazier only about a month uh, ago to start doing these preseason previews and enjoyed it so much that we decided to do this series for the year. Uh, I really appreciate you joining me for this. But I, I do also want to point out for other people who want to do a film study short, please don't be shy. I'm really interested in meeting new people, having new people as guests on the show. And this is my pipeline to do that. So uh, hit me up with a DM on Twitter. They're always open. And I'll be eager to discuss your idea with you and see if there's a, a show idea there. This is uh, Ken McCusick for, uh, for Frazier Tavar saying goodbye. And we'll talk to you next week on Matchups. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.